What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, yo, Fro Wrestling Podcast listeners, welcome to the show where we don't sing it, we bring it. Help us out and click subscribe to show your support. And while you're at it, if you're a YouTube user, make sure you click that little bell so they enable notifications every time a new episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast goes up, you get notified. People, are we sick and tired of dropping 60 to 100 bucks for the latest and greatest wrestling video game? Stop immediately. Go to Wrestler Unstoppable, available exclusively through Facebook, create a wrestler, sign contracts, get involved in storylines, headline pay-per-views, even build your own corporation, all included in Wrestler Unstoppable, available now to all Facebook users, totally free. If you want to become a member of the Fro Wrestling Podcast family, you want your name in the shoutouts like Mike and Lansdale, our good buddy Mike and Lansdale, then check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fro Wrestling Podcast. Sign up today. Don't forget, loyalty rewards. Any $15 a month contributor... You get to co-host an episode of Going Live with me. Our $7.50 a month contributors will enter you into a drawing. You might also get the chance to co-host an episode of Going Live with myself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this live episode of the Fro Wrestling Podcast. Been away for a little while. Lots of things tying up the end of the school year. Those who know me know I'm a teacher first, but we get back to you guys as fast as we can. We'll be taking your questions, your comments, anything you want to talk about, uh, the day's news, rumors, anything you want to talk about. Make sure you enable whatever chat feature you have in the streaming service that you typically subscribe to and get us your questions. It'll come straight to me on the screen and I can respond to it. Make sure you give me your name so I can give you credit if you have a question during the show. If you want to wait till after the show, something pops in your head throughout the week you want us to address on a future episode, text to the Fro Wrestling Sound Offline 267 642 1160. Give us your questions, your comments, anything you want us to talk about. Hey, look, if there's a topic that we haven't covered in the past, something historic, whatever, let us know there and we'll get to that in a future episode. Don't forget, head over to the homepage of the Fro Wrestling Podcast. Go to www.frowrestling.com. It's a great place to preview any topics coming to the show, and it's also a great way to come up with some of the questions you may want us to address on one of the shows. That being said, tonight's episode, we're loaded, we got a lot to talk about, we're going to kick off the show with WWE stomping grounds, we've got, you know, the betting odds, and then our predictions for the big pay-per-view coming up. Now, let's be honest here, 
This pay-per-view is just not creating enough buzz and excitement. They haven't even sold out the venue yet, which is kind of an indictment on how bad WWE programming has been lately. And I'm not trying to dump on WWE. I know a lot of people get into the mode of like really crapping on the product and really, you know, trying to talk about how horribly they've been booking things. Yes, they have. But here's the reality. A lot of times when you look at the matches, people's biggest complaint about WWE is every single show starts out with one of these like exorbitantly long promos. And then you go into a match that you've seen four other times in the last four weeks. And then you go into some other long promo. You know, I'm, you know where I'm going with this? So here's the reality. The reality of the situation is, is when the first time you see a new matchup, if they give it enough time, usually it's pretty engaging. The problem is they don't change up the matches whatsoever. Look, I know Ricochet and Cesaro seem to have really good chemistry, but I never, ever need to see those two in the ring again. I really don't. You know why? Because I've seen it about 15 times the last 10 weeks. Okay? I'm over Ricochet and Cesaro. Move on to something else. Now, I like the Ricochet-Samoa Joe thing. I do. But that's not what I'm talking about. The first match between those two is going to be fantastic. Probably everyone after it's going to be a knockoff of the first one. That's where WWE has kind of lost their way. Back in the, the Attitude Era days, you could see unique matches almost every week on the show. And if they weren't unique, they put some kind of spin on them. Maybe some kind of gadget match or something like that. So it kept it fresh. It kept it interesting. And it made it so you wanted to come back to see what they were going to do the next week that was going to top what they did the week before. Nowadays, it's exactly the opposite. You watch a WWE show, you see a match for the first time, you think, man, that's not so bad. And then you come back and like the next one is, okay, already saw that. Not looking so great. Didn't do anything new. Hey, wait a minute. This is the third time I'm seeing it. The match is getting more stale now. Same moves, same sequences. And that's where they're, they're falling off. And back in the day, they really used to change things up. So the problem with this is when you're heading into a show like Stomping Grounds, it's not one of the big four or five shows of the year. It's one of those little tertiary shows that they mix in just so they get some more pay-per-view revenue. The reality of the situation really is, is that this is one of those shows where they're hoping to get a few subscribers who buy it for free just to get the $9.99 a month and a subscriber count up for their publicly traded company. And that way, when you have the big shows, your numbers look better. But uh, the card itself, it's not it's really just not a stacked card. And they could have done so much more, but the, the, the show is missing so many marquee players. There's no Braun Strowman on the show, no Bobby Lashley. There's, there's a lot of wrestlers missing, and it's a problem because people pay good money and they want to see good storylines. I don't even know where Braun Strowman's been for the last two months. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like he hasn't even been on the show. That's sad. Because a year ago, we were talking about him being Universal Champion. Now it's a year later, and it's like, like who is he? Like, is, does he still wrestle? What about Bobby Lashley? Does he still wrestle? You know, some of these guys that are just wasting with these half-hour promos with Shane McMahon and all this other nonsense. How about we take that time and focus on the wrestling talent? I understand it's an entertainment company, but let's be honest. People don't tune in on Monday nights and Tuesday nights to see entertainment. They tune in those two nights of the week to see wrestling. I don't care what Vince likes or not. The truth of the company is, is the world wrestling entertainment. Well, there is no wrestling entertainment if there's no wrestling. You know, anybody can tune into Maury Povich or some next, the next horrible talk show and, and get talk show. We don't want that. 
We'll go watch The View, a horrible talk show. We'll go watch that. No, instead, we want wrestling. So start giving us some of that. That being said, that's why AEW is garnering so much attention. And we're going to get into AEW a little bit more tonight because there's really some staggering statistics out there about their their upcoming uh, all-out show. But um, first, let's get to these predictions for Stomping Ground. Let's start off at the bottom of the card. Big E and Xavier Woods, the New Day, taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, Honestly, the match is, is rather pointless unless... It's booked the right way, which I never, ever, 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 ever have confidence in WWE doing. Here's the deal. If I was booking this match, I would put Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn over. I would have them win the match so Big E and Xavier Woods could start the backstory of how the New Day can't win without Kofi Kingston. Follow me on this. If you have a situation where Big E and Xavier Woods really can't get the job done unless Kofi's in the match... And then you could turn Kofi into the guy who, you know, they need me. They have to have me. We can't win without me. Now it gives an opportunity. We've been waiting all this time expecting Big E to be the heel turn. Maybe you could do it with Kofi instead. Kofi Kingston turns on Big E and Xavier Woods because they can't win without him. And that could be the way you go with the angle. That's the way I would book it. I would because I need to generate some excitement on, on SmackDown. Let's face it, it's it's even getting stale there. That used to be like the real wrestling show of the two, and Raw was like the talk show. They're both turning into garbage lately. So I would do something to shake it up, and that's where I would go with that match. My prediction for the show is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win. Next match on the card, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Here's the truth. We already know what's going to happen. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, and I'm going to tell you what, what should happen and what I'm going to predict because I'm a rebel and I'll never be any good. Roman Reigns is going to defeat Drew McIntyre because Vince McMahon cannot get over Roman Reigns. No matter how many times people booed in the past, you know, they have the whole leukemia diagnosis situation, and Vince McMahon looks at that with dollar signs in the eyes of, yes, finally I have my monster baby face. That's, it's just not going to happen because you're starting to cram him down our throats again. Now, I, I appreciate the fact that you had him lose a match to Shane McMahon, which was ludicrous, to set up this match. But if you're going to have him win one or the other match, you should have had him beat Shane and, and lose to Drew McIntyre. Because let's be honest, you don't need to do anything to get Roman Reigns into the main event picture except say, hey, you want a title shot? But Drew McIntyre, he's ready for that next step. He was incredible in NXT. I thought they took the title off of him way too quick when they gave it to Andrade. And it's time for McIntyre to be at the top of the card. And I don't mean as the squash match guy who loses to the Roman Reigns's, the Seth Rollins's of the world. I'm talking about the guy who could actually run the show for a good significant year, maybe year and a half, as champion. And that's what Drew McIntyre can do. Because for as much of a jerk as his character is supposed to be, he has all, every drop of in-ring talent necessary to be a megastar. WWE, they just need to get behind him. That's the reality of the situation. Roman Reigns doesn't need the push. Drew McIntyre would do nothing but benefit from the push. Give the win to Drew McIntyre. Now, let's be honest. We know Roman Reigns is going to win, but I'm predicting the other way anyways because I'm praying WWE does something right for a change. My prediction, Drew McIntyre defeats Roman Reigns. SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan are going to take on Heavy Machinery. This, to me, is a completely worthless tag team match. I think that what you really wanted here is instead of Heavy Machinery, the War Raiders, you know, they kind of teased it on Raw. Maybe that's coming down the line. That match, I would really love to see. This one, I have not one drop of interest in. Heavy Machinery, Heavy Underdogs, and they're going to get steamrolled 
by Daniel Bryan and Rowan. The only way this match could go the other way is if for some reason Daniel Bryan gets knocked outside the ring and Rowan takes the fall, but I really just don't see that happening. They've been booking them strong since the whole pairing of Bryan and Rowan, so I see them retaining the championship. Cruiserweight Championship match, Tony Nese defending against Drew Gulak and Akira Tozawa. Triple threat cruiserweight match. You know, 205 Live is just such a forgotten entity. It really is. And it's a shame because they have some of the best matches in the entire company. This match should have included uh, the you know, somebody we're going to talk about in a little bit, Mike Kanellis. Um, it didn't. That's a missed opportunity on WWE's part, unless they're saving him for a big push a little further down the road, which I think is dumb. He's been waiting long enough. But I predict Tony Nese is going to retain his championship in this match. He should. He only got it recently. He hasn't done anything with it yet. Really, 205 Live hasn't done anything with anything because they're not promoted whatsoever. All the complaints that like Impact Wrestling has about the Pursuit Network not promoting uh, Impact Wrestling, that's what 205 Live should be saying about WWE and 205 Live on the network. They don't promote the crew weight division whatsoever they should be featured on every single show because they're that good that's one of the things that made wcw initially at least a huge success was showcasing those cruiserweights because they can have some of the best matches wwe it's like they're the the bastard children of the wrestling ring they don't put them on ever and it's really a loss for wwe fans because that's a lot of nights that's the best matches you could possibly see the United States Championship match, we mentioned it earlier, Samoa Joe defending against Ricochet. I still have a tough time with the way Joe was given the championship. If a champion has to forfeit a belt, he doesn't hand it over to whoever wants it. They have like a tournament to fulfill it, or they have the top two contenders face off for it. You don't just hand a championship to somebody. I think that's ludicrous. But being that they did, now you got to wonder, do they have Samoa Joe defeat Ricochet, who, by the way, has lost several times to Cesaro recently, so... I don't know how you can consider him to be in a position to defeat Samoa Joe. Or do you give it to Ricochet and, and kind of level the playing field, muddy the water, even more like WWE likes to do, keeping everybody at mid-card status? Let's face it, the U.S. title is a mid-card championship. Samoa Joe belongs to the top of the card, but he's not. He's not because they don't really know how to use him. So this match should be a lot of high-flying stuff. Samoa Joe, at some point, Ricochet's going to hit some kind of flipping move. Joe's going to catch him right in the coquina clutch. Samoa Joe, the prediction is retains the United States Championship. We got Little Miss Bliss taking on Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is the most ridiculous thing ever. If you're going to have a brand extension, then just do it. You can't keep moving people back and forth show to show and have them challenging for championships. It just doesn't make sense. I actually would not be surprised to see Miss Bliss here go over and win the championship, but I'm not going to predict that. I'm going to predict Bailey retains the championship because I think down the line Bailey is going to be feuding with Sasha Banks. That's just the way I feel about it. We'll talk about that a little more a little later, but that's where I think they're going to go with that eventually. So I think Bailey retains the championship right here. Same thing with Kofi Kingston. Steel Cage WWE Championship match defending against Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is a fill-in character because Kevin Owens didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. WWE has not suddenly changed all their perspective on Dolph Ziggler and decided to put the World Championship on him. They just haven't. You know, that happens once in a lifetime like Kofi Kingston. But it's not happening again with Dolph Ziggler. He's just not the man. He doesn't want to be the man anymore. I think he wants to expand his horizons. He's just a stopgap competitor. And for that reason alone, Kofi Kofi Kingston retains the championship. Raw Women's Championship, Becky, not so two belts anymore. Just one belt might be down to no belt by the end of the night. I don't predict that. I think Becky Lynch is going to destroy Lacey Evans. I think Lacey Evans came out with so much to do about her character. Vince McMahon loved the character. But honestly, in the ring, she doesn't She doesn't deliver. She just doesn't. I think she's a talented young lady, but she doesn't deliver. So that I don't see happening. I see Becky Lynch retaining. And her boyfriend, 
Seth Rollins, Universal Champion, defending against Baron Corbin. A special referee is going to be announced. I would not be surprised if this special referee ends up being Bray Wyatt in his whatever you want to call his new character. And I see him uh, helping Seth Rollins retain the championship and then it funneling into a feud between Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt later on, possibly at SummerSlam. I would be all for that. The only other thing I could see possibly happening would be Seth Rollins... uh, Baron Corbin using uh, Paul Heyman as his referee so he can help him defeat Seth Rollins and then Brock attacks Baron Corbin and takes the Universal Championship from Baron Corbin cashing in his money in the bank. That's actually probably the way I would book it and that way Rollins could give chase again. We could have that match again at SummerSlam and who the heck knows what they do at that point. I don't think even they know what they're doing at that point. Uh, moving on in the news for the day, G1 Climax. Last week they announced all the participants. You really need to look at that card because you want to talk about such an incredible concept in the wrestling world. G1 Climax is the tournament of all tournaments every single year. Block A has Kazuchika Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Evil, Sonata, Bad Luck, Fale, Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, Kenta. Like that is as incredible a lineup as there is. And for those who don't know what the G1 Climax includes, it is first a Block A, Block B setup. The block competitors face off against each other, and it's a round-robin style tournament. They Everybody faces everybody. Every time you get a win, you get points. Two points for a, a victory. Um, no points for a loss, okay? And when you get to the end, whoever's the highest point getter will go against the winner of block A, block A goes against the winner of Block B, and the winner of that match is the winner of the G1 Climax and gets a shot at the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Just a block A alone, Okada, Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, Ibushi, uh, Sonata, who's been incredible lately, Osprey, Kenta, those guys are all going to face each other. I can't wait to see another Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Will Ospreay match. That's going to be incredible. Kenta versus Zack Sabre Jr. or Will Ospreay. Um, Kenta against Sonata should be incredible. Kenta against Ibushi. Those are matches we haven't seen yet. And if you're beginning to become a diehard New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, just block A alone is off the chain. Now you look at block B, Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson, Toro Yano, Hiroki Goto, Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Shingo Takagi, Tai Chi, John Moxley. I, I look at this block and I, I say to myself, I don't see how John Moxley doesn't get to the top of block B. I don't know that they'll let him win the block yet, but if they do, Follow me on this train of thought. Can you imagine if John Moxley wins Block B and takes on Kazuchika Okada as the winner of Block A? Those two would make for an insane dream match to crown the G1 Climax winner this year. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen so fast for John Moxley. They have a little thing about the guy Jin winning over there. They prefer the uh, outside wrestlers not always uh, take the top spots. Jeff Cobb is a realistic possibility. Jay White, the leader of the Bullet Club, is a very good possibility. Um, Naito needs to reestablish himself. That's a possibility. So there's so many. The Block A alone was incredible. Block B just makes it all that much more fun. So we'll have to wait and see how that works out, but I am very much looking forward to the G1 Climax. If you have never seen it you gotta tune in to access television check that out because it's going to be an incredible show sasha banks in the news she filmed all the stuff necessary for wwe 2k20 or whatever you want to call it and uh but she has not returned to tv this is why i think they must have worked something out and she must be on the verge of coming back i know she had her meeting with vince a few weeks ago 
She's done this 2K20 stuff, which would make you assume there's some goodwill building there. But, of course, if she's not in the ring yet, now they could be saving her for some big, miraculous, spectacular return. I think that is why, earlier in the evening, I told you I think she's going to be the one to challenge Bailey for that SmackDown Women's Championship. I think the storyline is, is, is custom-made. You know, you were my partner. You know, I was out of action. You went off without me and went off on your singles career, and now I want revenge. I think it's a built-in storyline. I don't know who plays the role of the, the heel in that. I really don't. Um, but I do think there's a clear path to her coming back to WWE very, very soon. The only thing that could screw it up is, and I, I don't know if she's doing it for storyline purposes or to sell the fact that she's not back yet, but she's actually retweeting AEW Fighter Fest postings today on Twitter, which is a little weird if you're returning to WWE, but she could be doing that on purpose to fuel the speculation that she's not going back to WWE, only to then go ahead and return to WWE. Um, the money that's out there right now is insane. I know some of these wrestlers are like, oh, I don't, I'm not in it for the money. you got to be a fool to turn out some of the money that they're offering people. My understanding is if she were to come back to WWE, there's been negotiation on a huge pay raise. And I think she absolutely deserves that. Somebody who else is in the news today, Lars Sullivan, is probably out for the remainder of 2019, well into 2020, after having surgery. They haven't disclosed exactly what the full extent of the injury was, but clearly a knee injury, severe injury at the hands of the Lucha House Party, which I can't believe I'm saying that. But uh, Lars Sullivan, with all the drama he's had this year, now he's legitimately injured and out for the rest of the year, it looks like. Now, of course, you know, stranger things have happened. We know that Big E wasn't supposed to be back for like a year, year and a half, and then he came back within a month or two. Uh, I suppose Sullivan could do that. But as of right now, Lars Sullivan out of action for the rest of 2019. All Elite Wrestling, the huge news last week, they released the tickets for All Out. It sold out in under 15 minutes. The biggest storyline is, though, is that they've had requests for over 135,000 tickets. So here's the deal, because I'm tired of hearing these stats, because it's really ludicrous, okay? I don't care how many people call in and say, oh, I'm interested in tickets. I care so much more about how many would actually sell. Not how many theoretically could sell. So here's what I would like to request of AEW, as if they listen to me anyways. Book a stadium, a big stadium, monstrosity stadium, and put together a card that is the best you got. Now, you've got an incredible talent pool. You've got depth on your roster. You have a women's championship that they announced this week. Tony Khan made reference to. Tag team championships coming. Women's tag team championships at some point were announced this week. You've got you know the, the main event at All Out, the uh, Chris Jericho versus um, Hangman Page match to crown the AEW champion. Do something with that belt and put together a card and put it in a major stadium. Because you need to know something. If you're Tony Khan and you're looking to turn a profit right away, you need to know where your audience really is. None of this faux, oh, we could have sold 135,000, 140,000 tickets. Who cares what you think you could have done? Put your money where your mouth is. Take up, to go, go to AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Okay? Do what WWE did. Sell out 100,000 seats to an AEW show. Make it happen. Go to Chicago and really make it happen. Go to Madison Square Garden and don't don't do fifteen thousand tickets. Go to an a real arena, a big outdoor arena if you have to, that you could seat sixty, seventy, eighty, a hundred thousand people and try it. And the best part about it is, even if you didn't sell the hundred thirty thousand tickets or whatever it would have been, let's say you only sell eighty thousand, no one, nobody has ever sold that kind of tickets 
except WWE. You want to talk about the ending the debate about whether or not your competition book a large stadium and sell 80,000 tickets and shove that in WWE's face. Hey, you think we're just about these small shows? We only have this one niche audience. Here's 80,000 tickets sold at, I don't know, say the same stadium they book WrestleMania at every single year. Wherever the WrestleMania is going, you book it for the fall, and you go in the same venue that WrestleMania was, and you book your show, whatever, all out, all in, all this, that, and the other. Every year, that's what I would do until you prove that you are a legitimate threat to WWE, because right now you're not. You've put on one show, it had some issues, a pretty good show, but had some technical issues. Prove that you're on par with WWE. You know, Chris Jericho came out this week on his podcast and was saying how he thinks if WWE doesn't uh, change their way they work things, everybody's going to want to leave and come to AEW. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe not. Let's be honest. AEW talent is running on this emotional high because they had a show that sold out so fast, and now this one's selling out so fast. But that's different. When you've got months and months and months to plan a pay-per-view, of course you could put together an incredible show. I want to see AEW when the back is to the wall, and they got to put out weekly television. That's where it gets crazy. Look, I'm not trying to like tout WWE's, you know, wonderfulness, but they put out multiple hours every single week. That's why there's a lack of creativity. It's hard to come up with new stuff when you're on 52 weeks a year times two, three, four shows. That's the issue. So, you know, at some point, AEW's got to step it up because if you really could have sold 135,000 tickets, you're just a fools for not booking a bigger venue and making that happen. There's some word out on the street now that Dominic, Rey Mysterio's son, may be the one who steps up and challenges Samoa Joe. With Mysterio being out with injury, he would be able to show up at ringside and support his son. His son has been training for pro wrestling for a significant chunk of time now, and they think he may be ready to go. Can you imagine the kid that we used to see on television, uh, Eddie Guerrero, fighting with Rey Mysterio over the custody of Dominic? That kid walking into a ring and facing off with Samoa Joe. I would love to see it. And could he actually pull it off? I think he could. I remember when he was first training, Rey Mysterio talking about how he was going to train in Mexico and go to the dojos in Japan. And he wanted to send him to Europe and he wanted to send him all over the world to get trained in multiple different styles. Well, now it might be time for Dominic to step up to the plate and throw down with Samoa Joe. The NXT TakeOver Toronto card may have been leaked online. The matches look amazing. NXT Championship match, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, the rematch. Uh, NXT Women's Championship match, Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler. At some point, Baszler has to drop that title. I just don't see it happening to Mia Yim if that happens for real. Triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship, Pete Dunne versus Roderick Strong versus the Velveteen Dream. I think Pete Dunne would be the perfect guy to take that NXT North American Championship. Get him out of the NXT UK division altogether. Just keep him here. If you can do that, do that. Because I think WWE fans in, in the United States would just love to see more of Pete Dunn. NXT Tag Team Championship match. Undisputed Era's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. I, 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 I honestly, I feel like the Undisputed Era is, is ready for another run as the elite faction in NXT. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. 
NXT Breakout Tournament Finals. Now, the rumored finals are Jordan Miles versus Cameron Grimes. Of course, those matches that lead up to the finals haven't happened yet, but the rumor is that's what the finals are going to be. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae as a possible match. Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle. That was set up when uh, Killian Dane returned to NXT only a week or so ago. Tyler Breeze and Fandango versus the Forgotten Sons as another possible match. A loaded, loaded match card should be incredible if they pull that off. And I just wish people would stop leaking this kind of information because those matches are something I would love to see how they get set up and how they proceed from now till Toronto TakeOver 2. Um, should be great. Uh, Chris Jericho set up his next New Japan appearance when he wrestled uh, Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. The match was incredible, but it ended with him attacking uh, Kazuchika Okada and leading to Hiroshi Tanahashi getting involved. And clearly, that is the match Jericho wants next. Tanahashi versus Jericho, uh, basically the sting of New Japan Pro Wrestling lately, versus Chris Jericho, the loudmouth guy Jin who likes to curse everybody out in New Japan. Uh, should be make for an incredible matchup, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, the news broke a little while back there. The AEW Fighter Fest is going to stream live and for free. Make sure you make the arrangements to be able to do that. Um, Cardi B is in the news this week. Rumor has it they're trying to make arrangements for her to appear at SummerSlam to either team with or take on Carmella. Not sure how that'll work yet and if she can get enough training in between now and then. But she has been posting tons of stuff on Twitter about her fandom for wrestling. So it would not surprise me. Uh, people have been ranting and raving all week about the possible plans for Shane McMahon to be the one to defeat Kofi Kingston and win the WWE Championship. Let's face it, his dad did it back with Triple H back in the day. I would not be surprised to see the best in the world win the WWE Championship from Kofi Kingston because he's so over as a heel right now. I just think it's really ridiculous that a guy who barely gets in the ring, what, three, four, five times a year gets that championship just like Brock Lesnar. I'd rather see Drew McIntyre take the title, but... That sounds like that's not the plan. It sounds like it's Shane McMahon. Sean Spears officially signed with AEW last week. Big news because he had not officially signed at uh, Double or Nothing, so it's great to see he has a permanent position. Tyrus in the news, former WWE superstar, uh, used to be in tons of funk, you know, and all that stuff. He was on Fox doing some uh, commentary and uh, apparently got himself into some trouble harassing some of the lady folk that work there sending some texts that were somewhat inappropriate or at least that's the rumor I'm not going to say it's true because i you know innocent until proven guilty but he has been removed from fox for the time being curious to see how that turns out i hope i wish him well is matt riddle headed to the main roster the word is no matt riddle is going to be left in nxt to get some more seasoning and to stay there for a whole year to a year and a half still because they really they feel like people just haven't connected with his character yet and they want him to be a focal point of nxt and really get over there which puts a damper on any plans he had of facing brock lesnar or facing someone of that nature goldberg or something like that at wrestlemania next year where rumor has it brock lesnar is going to retire at the end of wrestlemania next year so we'll have to wait and see how that works and then i said it earlier i wanted to get to it at the end of the show here mike Kanellis. You know, he's been sounding off about 205 Live lately, how they don't get any television exposure, they're incredible talents, they don't get to see what they can do because nobody ever uh, promotes them, and then he signed a new five-year deal, he and Maria both, new five-year contracts with WWE, and then he's not even on the card for stomping grounds. Like, this feels like already one of those snap judgment things that I'm going to do that I probably shouldn't. It feels like WWE knew already that they weren't going to use him 
on the shows that they just gave them the contract to shut them up so that they can move on to other things. And that it, that's what a lot of people are worried about. Yeah, great, you got a five-year deal, but now you're wasting five years where they're not going to feature you. They're not going to make you a focal point of the show, and that's a problem. Mike Kanellis is an incredibly talented wrestler. He deserves the opportunity to be a part of the show, and right now he's just not. And hopefully WWE figures out how ridiculous this is because... That's going to lead to talents wanting to leave. They want to hone their craft and they display their craft. And when you've got people like someone as talented as Mike Kanellis coming in, signing a five-year deal and then getting buried, that's going to have an impact on who's going to want to re-sign with the company. That's all the time we have for this episode. Check back with us next episode where we'll run down all the latest wrestling news and rumors. Special thanks, as always, goes out to bensound.com and purpleplanet.com. They produce any music or sound effects we use in our shows. Today's podcast, sponsored as always by Bezel Games, bringing a friend to family game night is easy with sketchy people. Showcase your artistic side in this game from Bezel Games by going to frowrestling.com and clicking the icon in the middle of the screen to pick up your copy today. And to alleyrepair.com. Contact Alley Repair today for servicing of all your classic skee-ball, pinball, and arcade game needs. If you're looking for your next career move, you're considering college, university life, or you just need some formal training for your next career decision, go to our sister website at FroLifePlanning.com for all your higher education needs as FroLife Educational Planning is for today, for tomorrow, and for life with FroLife. I'm Fred Froelich, better known as Mr. Fro. I want to thank you so much for taking a few moments with us today. If you're looking for more wrestling news and rumors, go to www.tsj101sports.com for their articles on wrestling, or go to my blog, Infro's Corner, on frowrestling.com, and check out my articles there. Don't forget to support indie wrestling. Click on the Indie Events tab at the top of frowrestling.com and check out a show coming to you. Get that one-to-one experience you can't get at a WWE show. Until next time, take care, everybody. Have a great night, and enjoy WWE Stomping Grounds. Take care. Have a great one.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.